One long-standing point of contention in the De Belvalo cases is where the trial should be held. Back in September, John Pryor successfully argued that the media coverage in southeast Idaho has been so vast that there's no way he could choose from a jury pool in southeast Idaho that would be fair. The judge agreed and moved the trial to Ada County. Now the prosecutor is back with a lot of documentation proving just how expensive that would be for both Madison and Fremont counties. They have a different plan in mind. everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday. There's nothing fancy for <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's actually 2-22-22. That's right. It's also yeah. Taco Tuesday. So what am I saying? But yes. Right. <laughs> Read, uh, well, yeah, but it is. It's two twenty two twenty two. Crazy. That's right. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if I was a numerologist, I would have something to say about that. I'm not. <laughs> I know. Me neither. But yeah, I'll have I've to read see what the things. numerologists say. Yeah, that's kind of fun, though. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, how's it going? Well, going pretty well. Uh, I'm glad we're here because. We tried to record this show uh, last night, and guess what? Yeah, Tech said Ain't no. Happening, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad we're I know. here. But it is literally Tuesday because we usually don't record. We usually record ahead, but mm-hmm. well, we couldn't. No, I know it's weird. It's, it's great to be here, uh, and it is kind of fun to be here on the day of the day. But mm-hmm. yeah, and Tech is uh, you know hanging in there with us this morning, so we're very glad for that. Funny how mm-hmm. just a night's sleep uh, somehow reset something. Yes, somehow it did. So Yeah. Glad for it. And, and the coffee is hot. Yes, and it is. It needs to be important. because with wind chill, it is well below zero outside. It's so shitty. And it makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. We had good weather last week. We had like 40s and melting. And we're all joking like we should be wearing shorts. And then my son did wear shorts a couple days. Yeah. And now shit and we got snow twice mm-hmm. oh i wore short pants all weekend i know i'm feeling it yeah i'm feeling this the pigs are so mad they're so mad about the cold that they refused to go potty this morning uh, after breakfast they both went straight to bed <laughs> <laughs> and normally they go outside for a few minutes and they were like no we're not no we're going back to bed mm-hmm. all right well i mean i feel you <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much what my dog said too so yeah not having it. Well, it could be worse. Uh, my daughter that's in Montana texted me this morning with the uh, a screenshot of her, uh, you know, her app on her phone, the weather app, and it was 24 below there. So, Ugh. yeah. So, uh, I, I guess we'll, worse. we'll take this and just hope it warms up someday. <laughs> someday. Well, this week has kicked off with all kinds of weird freaking crime, you guys. It seems like for the last few weeks, people have been beyond unhinged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got a little of that today. And we've got some uh, more Daybell 
uh, Daybell family drama today. We've got all yeah. kinds of good stuff. So, Christy, I'm actually going to kick the mic right over to you for our Missing Person Spotlight. Okay. Oh, are you wanting to do? I'm sorry, I forgot. You want to do WTF news first? Okay. I was going to. Yes. Yes. Let's do that then. <laughs> WTF news: A 14-year-old was arrested trying to hire a hitman to kill her ex-boyfriend on Valentine's Day. Oh my God! I know, and of course, we're not using any names. This is a child. However, yeah. scary that this kid thought this. But you know what? Rentahitman.com comes to the rescue yet again. Because ah. if you know or don't know, rentahitman.com is a site owned by someone who takes applications for <laughs> renting a hitman and then <laughs> sends those applications straight and directly to the police. And Why would they, anyone think? That uh, a website that out in the open would be legit. Right? I guess 14-year-old girls. I don't know. But <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so apparently the website has prevented about 150 murders at this point. So um, That's this... like the police asking people to bring their meth in to make sure that it's safe. Uh, yeah, know? and then people actually but, doing and people it. People actually do, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely is. So this young lady uh, was arrested. She has been bonded out and a judge has ordered a psychological evaluation for her, which I think is very wise because it's oh, yeah. concerning. However, if you ever know anyone, you know, thinking of knocking someone off, be sure to refer them to rentahitman.com. <laughs> oh, noted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm going to send everything back over to you for the main case. Well, in today's main case, we are back to some Daybell family drama. I Back in September, this has been an ongoing conversation for a while. Of course, this is the uh, trial of Chad Daybell and Lori Ballow, you know, who uh, Lori's dead children were found in Chad's backyard, as well as Chad's wife that was murdered. And they have a slew of charges. Lori's case is currently stayed because she is has been found uh emotion or uh you know she's mentally unfit to uh sort of stand trial at this point so we're just waiting for her to be all spiffed up and returned to court but in the meantime uh you know john Pryor, chad's attorney is doing his due diligence and one of the things that he has uh done is back in september he argued that there's no way that chad and Lori could receive a fair trial here in Southeast Idaho, uh, we're very small and everybody knows all about this case. It has been oh, yeah. really the talk of the town now for two years. And they, they're they not wrong to think that it would be very hard, hard to find uh, impartial jurors around here. Partly because Chad and Lori are members of or were members of the Mormon church. And this area is like something like 99.5% Mormon. And so, you know, the uh, LDS people in this area have a real opinion about these guys uh, making them look terrible, killing their children, uh, violating their doctrine, you know, lots of things. So there, right. there's a lot of strong opinions going on up in here. So initially back in September, the prosecutor had argued that 
trying to move this entire case to another part of the state would be the trials, what we're discussing, would be a huge hardship on both Madison County and Fremont County because they are jointly trying this. And financially, it would be an enormous burden because yeah, they it jointly investigated too. So, yes. Yeah. So many people involved. So many people involved. So many police officers from both departments that would have to go to Ada multiple times to testify. All of the uh, transporting people, housing people, very small police departments cut down to nothing because all of the officers are, you know, on the other side of the state. Like there's a lot of problems that go along with this, besides just the prosecution having to leave for weeks at a time. Because they do, of course, think that this trial will last in excess of eight weeks. Excess of eight weeks, for Christ's sake. I don't even know. Like, we've got to start training now. (laughs) And thank God it's not a drinking game because we would be dead for sure. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's going to be. We'll have to be taking like vitamin B12 shots or something. Right. Anyway, so back in September, those were the arguments, you know, basically John Pryor saying it's just not possible to get a fair trial here. And the prosecutor agreed. He he agreed. This was an interesting one because uh, Pryor tried to violate the First Amendment with his uh, defense here because he tried to subpoena local journalists, uh, Nate Eaton and East Idaho News, Nate Eaton from mm-hmm. East Idaho News, and their records and... You can't do that. It's it's not done. But uh, it's immediately illegal. some, yeah, it's Get illegal. It yeah, to make them testify. But what happened is that a bunch of uh, journalism organizations stepped forward with their high-powered attorneys and said, yeah. not happening. Not that mm-hmm. East Idaho News necessarily needed their high-powered attorneys. East Idaho News is owned by Frank Vandersloot. And Frank Vandersloot is a very well-known local uh McMillionaire, you know, that mm-hmm. owns big business and like he could have held his own, I think, anyway. But Probably. they had all of this help that stepped forward and said, oh, yeah, no, we aren't. We will not allow this. And eventually Pryor withdrew his uh, subpoena. Now, he did uh, cooperate with them in them sharing some data with him, which turns out when you ask nicely, maybe you could just get that without uh, bringing the big guns. Right. Without trying to make journalists witnesses, which they're yeah. not going to be. Because what what he was really trying to prove is that the media saturation around here uh, just really makes it impossible in Southeast Idaho to get an impartial jury pool. And we have long stood offended that he did not try to subpoena us. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, we have covered this case, you know, in more heavily than anyone. If you go count our episode count. Of this case, it is well over 50 episodes. Yeah. So. so thanks, John. I think this is just because we've made fun of you so much and you were paying us back. But whatever. I'll name a pearl clutcher one too many times. It, yep, it's probably fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, probably. So back in September, blah, blah, blah. Back in September, <laughs> uh, the judge agreed with Mr. Pryor and, and the prosecutor because he wasn't denying that uh, they could not get a fair trial here. They decided they were going to move this uh, trial to Ada County, which was an interesting thing because Christy had had a a conversation with someone that we know who 
had someone who uh, works in the Ada County Courthouse who had, they had sent out an email saying, we aren't, uh, we aren't going to do that here. We aren't accepting this trial. We don't want it. Uh, it's not going to happen here. So then the judge says, okay, we're moving it to Ada. Well, everybody knew that's where it would go. It's the mm -hmm. most densely populated part of the state. And that's saying something because most of Idaho isn't populated at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the Boise, Nampa, Meridian area, that's the most people, you know, yeah. so it's the most likely to get to be able to get a jury pool that isn't totally saturated by the size. Yeah. Well, and without going too far, you have to understand Idaho is an enormous state. Uh, Population-wise, it's not. Uh, we're working on that. But um, as far as, uh, you know, land, it is. So, I mean, they could have gone clear to northern Idaho, which would have been, you know, well over 12 <laughs> hours from here. Now, Boise is about five hours from here by car or four, depending on how you drive. But, you know, uh, it's and about it's 30 a, minutes by plane. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good stint, you know, to be yeah. transporting all of your witnesses, all of your records, all of your, well, defendants, all of your everything all the way there. But right. so that, that's what the judge said. We're doing it in Ada. And partly the reason he said that he told the prosecutor, I do hear what you're saying, but you aren't showing me anything that proves that, you know, this would be such a hardship. He's like, you, you can't just tell me that. So the prosecutor well, they had went, one of the local sheriffs testify, but they didn't actually have hard numbers. Yes, they brought but really no data. So I think that the prosecutor uh, kind of went, all right, game on. Mm -hmm. So both Lindsay Blake and Rob Wood uh, both went to, to, to work and have now refiled asking the judge to reconsider that uh, ruling. And Christy, you absolutely predicted this back in, in November or sorry, in September, you said, I really believe that this will end up happening at the Fremont County Courthouse that they're going to find a jury pool in another part of the state and bring them here and sequester them. That's exactly what the prosecutor is asking for now. Yeah. So, so basically, and this is exactly what we said, that they would get a jury from Ada County. Yeah. And then bring them here and sequester them here. Which, yeah. I'm sorry for them. <laughs> right. I mean, it would suck to be on this jury eight weeks of being brought to this side of the state and just living in a hotel and being sequestered. That would suck. Yeah. However, the cost savings are pretty phenomenal. It's pretty stunning. Yeah. So what the uh, prosecutor brought to the table this time was finally some cold, hard proof of what they were saying. So... They attached documents to the filing from Sheriff Len Humphreys. He's the sheriff of Fremont County. He said that it would cost, he estimates, an additional $269,000 to support the 10-week trial in Ada. So they're saying 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what they projected out because they want to project out farther than what yeah. it will actually go. It's likely to go six to eight. Yeah. So that is more than a quarter of a million dollars for this little tiny county to shoulder. Like, I mean, it's and, a huge county geographically, but tiny yeah. county by population. Oh, yeah. And and that that isn't even all of it. That includes 14 Fremont County personnel who would need to travel to Boise 
to cover everything from courtroom security to the transportation of Lori and Chad. That covers lodging, travel costs, food, and jail costs. Uh, but they anticipate that there would actually be quite a few more costs than that that they can't really necessarily anticipate at this time. So that's kind of, you know, that that's the bare bones of it. It's $270,000. They do this before, so of course they're guessing on a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. Well, and honestly, I mean, so he said if they just go to Boise to select a, a jury and just go to A to, to select a jury, he anticipates that will cost them about $53,000. Still, holy shit. But, you know, it is what it is. I see a lot of people commenting on news stories about this that are like, that's ridiculous. One woman said, no, we're not paying for that. The Daybells got themselves into this and they can get themselves out. <laughs> well, that's what? not how the legal system works at all. So <laughs> good luck with that. Several people were like, what are you talking about? She's like, they're the ones that committed the crime. If they want to move it to another county, they'll just have to pay for that. Well, this is America and that's not mm -hmm. how our legal system works at no, all. Not at all. However, the economic impact of the trial on the, the citizens is something that is supposed to be considered. Yes. So Madison County says, because most of the uh, detectives, most of the police force that would be being uh, called as witnesses would be coming from Madison County. Right. So Madison County says that they believe it would cost them $369,000. Yeah. So now we are well over half a million dollars to put this, move this entire trial to Ada County. Right. And again, this does not include, uh, Clerks or other jury trial costs, uh, this was the bare bones of what they could uh, prove. So what they want to do, again, is go ahead, do jury selection in Ada, bring them to Southeast Idaho, and sequester them for the duration of the trial. I'm not so sure they won't get it, honestly. I mean, the, the economic impact, that's pretty steep. Well, it is, and the judge is already looking at economic impact because the other thing yeah. you got to think about is that this is if the trials are held together, because the other thing that's about that's going to be ruled on soon is whether or not they're severed. And if they're severed, and then they both happen in Ada County, times yeah. all these costs by two. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, but I but we know from the from things the judge has said that he's got concerns about the cost as it is. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's very interesting. the The part of this is so interesting for me is that. I mean, if this actually goes to trial, I will, I'm going to use a Idaho colloquialism. My dad used to always say, if this goes to trial, I will eat your hat. Yeah. I, I don't know why that's a thing, but it was a thing growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I doubt that it will, but they're going to argue all of it and be prepared for it. I still think we're going to see plea deals. I really do. I don't think that they're going to go all the way. Yep. Yep. Well, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. A couple of the uh, highlights of the prosecution's uh, argument. One thing they said is that uh, there's actually no case law providing evidence that uh, a criminal defendant's right to a fair trial by an impartial panel of peers encompasses the right to try the case in a particular courthouse or courtroom. Mm. Basically, they're saying there's nothing that says that we can't do it this way because it's 
if it's better. They also said the economic benefits to the people of Fremont and Madison County outweigh any benefits for trying the matter in a single case in Ada County. But I agree, if they sever, I can't imagine. I, I just can't imagine. So here's what's going to happen. On March 18th, they're arguing for both of those things. They are, uh, John Pryor is arguing for a severance because basically he's saying, Lori's still not spiffed up and come back to court. This is impossible for me to prepare, not knowing what's going to happen. And we need to sever these cases now because this isn't fair to my client. And he's probably right at this point. Mm -hmm. I hate to see it. I really hate to see it. But I, I suspect that uh, unless we get some big news regarding Lori between now and then, that could happen. Uh, however, last week there was a closed door hearing for Lori regarding her competency. And there's now been a filing uh, requesting physician's notes. So, of course, all of that is uh, not public record because it deals with her HIPAA rights. But so there's a lot, a, a lot at play. So on March 18th, and we will stream all of it, they are going to be arguing for the sequester, for moving the trial back to Fremont and sequestering, as well as severing. So that should be that should be quite the belligerent herd circus, of course. Oh, it's going to be. It's yeah. I, I'm very interested to see um, where this goes because this is going to change the direction of everything. Yeah. Depending. <laughs> maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um, yeah. This yeah. it's big doing. Hopefully, the judge actually rules and they don't just they just keep having uh, hearings to schedule a new hearing. It's a joke. It's time. Well, you know? but he had asked before. He said, "I can't rule on the idea of bringing." this jury in without hard numbers. Well, he's got hard numbers and the hard numbers mm -hmm. are already out there. I mean, they're in the news, like, so mm -hmm. he's seen them. So hopefully that is, you know, going to give us an opportunity to get a ruling on the day because of course he's already seen this information. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to note on all of it is guess who lives in Ada? John Pryor. John Pryor. Guess who doesn't live in Ada? Anybody <laughs> else. Anybody else. Pryor is the only person who lives on that side of the state. The entire yeah. rest of the, uh, uh, you know, the prosecution, the other defense attorney now, now that Mark Means is out of the picture, they are all in Southeast Idaho. This yeah. benefits Pryor more than anybody else. Well, it does. And it, yeah, there's, I mean, there's like the list of reasons to keep the trial here. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want the, the big main belligerent herd circus to happen here, but we'll see. Yeah. So there you have it. That's what's up with the Daybell case. So, and of course, we'll continue to keep our eyes on it and report anything that we hear. I've been poking around for some whisperings about any thoughts of Lori returning to Madison County Jail. Nothing. 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 Yeah. Deeply under wraps. We don't know a, a thing. Well, her, what is it? Her, her. Her 180 days are up on the 24th of March. Oh, yeah. About four weeks from today. Yeah. So. Then I guess it's 22nd, actually. It's four weeks it? from today. Okay. So they have to make another decision then mm -hmm. at that point about we'll see. Maybe or releasing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that'll happen before then, considering that they were in court last week about it. When they're right. requesting it, more notes from the physicians. We'll sure we'll speed see. things up if that happens. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a missing person spotlight. Yes.
Paolo Miranda Rosa. Let me show you her picture. <laughs> like you guys, technology and me have not been like super friendly this week. I don't know why. But that's okay. Because I'm going to show you her picture right now. There we go. <laughs> this is uh, Paola Miranda Rosa. She is missing out of Seminole County, Florida. And so she went missing on December 18th. She was hiking in a reserve. I know, does this sound familiar? Um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. She was at Wakiwa Springs State Park in Seminole County, Florida. And she was last seen um, actually swimming in the water. Now, scarily, as we all know, there are a lot of alligators, and there are a lot of alligators in this area. Yeah. Um, so there have been um, about 100 volunteers and several different organizations have searched the state park trying to find her, um, you know, un, un, unsure of, I mean, her car was found abandoned there, keys, wallet, phone are in it. Like there's no indication that she's left the park at all. And so they've talked to a few hikers, you know, there's just not a lot to pick up. Um, here's the interesting thing though. The family is working with an organization called Peace River Search and Rescue. And they have developed a device that they say can detect bone frequency. Hmm. And someone else, I can't find on their website where they describe this at all. But the family says, we're using a tool that picks up DNA frequency that is able to confirm whether or not she's here at the park. Okay. They're going to give us a specific percentage of whether she's in or not in the park as of today. Wow. Which I find that would have been useful in the Brian Laundry incident. Wouldn't it, though? And I'm going to learn more about this. I've done some research. I cannot find anything specific, but I am on the uh, Peace River uh, Search and Rescue website. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to reach out to them and just say, hey, can you give me a little heads up on what does this mean because this is huge if this is that a is real huge. thing that works pretty revolutionary absolutely so of course they're using dogs and drones and you know i i feel like at this point they know that they are um searching for her remains sure sure um, because there's no indication that she ever left the park. right but i just wanted to tell you her story interesting Tell you about what they're doing yeah, to find her. Very, very interesting. Oh, they've they've done underwater cameras as well. There were some tests. There were some results. They're awaiting results of some kind of testing that was done in the park on January 30th. We haven't heard the answer yet. Okay. And I think that may have to do with this phone DNA device. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting and, and something that could just absolutely revolutionize missing people in you know very difficult terrain like like these, yeah like these state parks in florida or like you know national parks in idaho and wyoming and montana and you know all those places so just very mm -hmm. interesting something to keep our eye on 
Wow. Okay. Well, I'm very curious and excited to see if this is something that, yeah, could change the tide. For sure. Well, cool. Well, guys, that is it. This is our Tuesday case. We will be back tomorrow for our regular Wednesday episode. We'll be back Wednesday night for case updates. And boy, are there a lot. Uh, it just, oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the biggest of which is the, uh, the, the body of Serenity has been found. We re- recorded last week about little missing Serenity. Yet another four-year-old gone missing at the hands of her parents, and her body has actually been recovered. So by tomorrow, we should have the uh, the cause of death. So that's um, that's uh, pending, and her parents have now been charged with murder. And we'll have a lot more to say about that, and a lot of other things. There's just a lot happening. So yeah. at Jim any Potter, rate, Jim yeah, Potter has been sentenced. Yeah, there's a lot. Yes. Uh, We also have a brand new Patreon, so make sure that you go and check it out. We have one new episode and another one coming this week. So lots of fun stuff happening over there. That's True Crime Paranormal on Patreon. If you'd like to be a patron, we have a ton of extra episodes and uh, stuff over there. So that's good. That's where it's at. So thank you guys so much for being here. Have a great day. You have been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thank you.